Recovery Day, November 5th, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on the mysterious hypothetical sephira of Da'at, the 11th sphere of the Tree of Life, which was an actual sphere in the so-called Tree of Life before the fall. Now, this sphere is on the brink of the abyss between the dimension of Bria and the dimension of Zitzira. And it was originally attributed to Saturn, which is the most distant planet visible to the naked eye in ancient times. Thus, it was theorized as the beginning of the physical universe. Da'at means knowledge and is related to the descent of the fallen angels who as you recall brought knowledge down with them this sphere is vitally important to magic and to magical yoga which will be again Dion Fortune our own seventh ray book three the red ray and hermetic yoga and we'll refer to the book of Enoch And so, for the Halloween season, let us journey to Moat's Domain in the Mountain of Darkness at the edge of the abyss. Now, this is a very complex subject. And it would be very good if we had, uh, if we did this uh, with a video so I could uh, stand up in front of a of a storyboard or something like that, or a, or a chalkboard and somehow or other uh, give you some visual aids on this. I would suggest that I think those of you who have listened to this show, maybe maybe you have a little Tree of Life diagram in front of you. That's a good idea to have that when we discuss uh, uh, the Tree of Life or the Oscar. Um, but we don't have that, so just try in your mind to imagine um, the geometric... Uh, forms I'm going to be talking about and do the best you can because I'm sitting here with a stack of books about um, let's see a stack of books about uh, 18 inches high and I'm going to refer at one time or another this evening to all of them and what I'm going to do uh, is to start off with the most basic so we get an idea of what we're talking about here and the most basic to begin with is the Kabbalah by Gershom Shalom. And that is not, uh, Gershom Shalom is not a winter sport. He was uh, a scholar of the Kabbalah, as some of you may know. And uh, his book, uh, Kabbalah, that's K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H, which is the Hebrew version, as opposed to Hermetic Kabbalah, which is Q-A-B-A-L-A-H. Now, um, I'm going to read what, uh, but Gershom Shalom was, was frankly a historian of the Kabbalah more than a Kabbalist himself. He wasn't a Kabbalist. The, the greatest uh, recently living Kabbalist was Ira Kaplan, at least in the English, writing in the English language. And uh, Ira Kaplan just passed on a few years ago. And we will be reading from his uh, protege, Leonora Leet. Uh, and, and her uh, Secret Doctrine of the Kabbalah, which is a wonderful book. And we'll be reading a little bit uh, from that, uh, discussing some of that. But let's, uh, because Gershom Shalom was the recognized historian of the Kabbalah, let's let's get back to this again. Uh, we'll start with, with what Gershom Shalom has to say. Um, sometimes the three separate Kether, Hokmah, and Bina in a triangle, but in a straight line one below the other. On the whole, however, the overall structure is built out of triangles. From the end of the 13th century onward, a complementary sephirah called Da'at, knowledge, appears between Hokmah and Bina. A kind of harmonizing of the two that was not considered a separate sephirah but rather the external aspect of Kether. This addition arose from the desire to see each group 
of the three sephirot as a unit, comprising opposing attributes as a synthesis which finally resolved them. This was not, however, the original motivation of the pattern. In the Sefer Habahir, and in several early texts of the 13th century, the Sefer Yasod was thought of as the seventh, preceding Netzach and Hod, and only in, in Gerona was it finally assigned to the ninth place on the model of the Neoplatonic hierarchy, according uh, to which the transition from the one to the many was accomplished through the stages of intellect, universal soul, and, and, and nature. Uh, many Kabbalists, um, uh, Azriel in particular, thought that the Sephiroth is also comprising these stages. All right, let, let's, uh, let's stop a minute and just talk about just what is what is Gershom Shalom saying here? Well, he's saying that Hokmah and, and Bina in, in Yetzira, as you were in Bria, uh, that this is the the um, this is the archetypal world, right below Kether. Kether is is uh, absolute, and that's the that's the uh, the the world of creation up there, and, and the dimension of creation. And then below that is uh, the dimension of Bria, which only contains two spheres. It contains Hokma, um, uh, wisdom, and Bina, understanding. And one is Hokmah, wisdom is gray, and Bina is usually pictured as black. This is a Sindhamanuta Mundum scale. But now, uh, these two these two form a sort of a, a yin-yang. You think of them as a yin-yang, or, or in a way, I like to use the analogy, they're the two-stroke engine of the tree of life. You know, a two-stroke engine, it, 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 and, and you, this is, uh, if you think of the... Of the um, you think of the yin yang diagram. It's the circle, you know, with the with the sort of the white teardrop and the black dot in the middle going one way, and the black teardrop and the little white dot in the middle going the other way, chasing each other around like a dog chasing his tail. And it's kind of this is the two stroke engine of the universe, okay? And and it's it's it's, it's in its own dimension. But uh, in order to make these uh, these um, triads uh, and these triangles. Uh, they they theorized at least in the Bahir, and then Moish de Leon picked it up for the Zohar. Uh, theorized that, that the two of them uh, would come together. Now, when they do, when they come together, if you slide these two spheres over to where they overlap, what it does is it forms a vesica Pisces. If, if you can take you know you take two circles and, and and move them together, you'll see that they they form a vesica Pisces, a sort of a uh, an ellipse with a point on the bottom and the top. Um, the OTO uses it for their their dove uh, uh, design, and we use it to form the OTA rhombus in the in the middle of the uh, of the uh, the vesica Pisces. Um, and uh, that rhombus is like a diamond shape, you know, the OTO uh, 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 insignia, which you all see. And uh, and uh, so we we use that as a formation of of OTA, which of course is uh, omega tau alpha, and then uh, that has its own significance, as you can imagine. So um, this is one of the reasons for their doing it. Now another reason is for doing it this way, is it becomes a transition point. Da'ath uh, is, is, a, is a necessary transition point because we don't have, using, using the uh, Athanasius Kircher version of the tree, which was one of the, one of the Lurianic uh, uh, versions of the tree that Athanasius Kircher decided to, uh, to use, and we ended up using it, the Golden Dawn ended up using it uh, as their basic design. Uh, which uh, the Minutum Mundum, where the Tenspear tree comes from. But originally, now, originally, this, uh, the, 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 the older tree, or the tree before the fall, was an 11-sphere tree. And um, quite frankly, Da'af's position is very, very important. And Leonor Elite is the best one to describe that, because uh, 
those of you who have our cipher uh, manuscript book, uh, in the back we have an article on the 11th Spirit Tree, the Golden Dawn's 11th Spirit Tree from the cipher manuscript. And their 11th Spirit Tree was one another one of uh, Isaac Luria's many designs. Um, but it's completely different as far as its correspondences are concerned from the, the 10th Spirit Tree that we use. And uh, it doesn't need to be, but it is. You know, with all the paths, different different numbered, uh, you know, the paths all attributed to different letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, this is not necessary, really. And, and, and um, so what we opted to do so that we wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel when we got into the inner order, what we did was we um, reconstituted the odd, uh in, in its position, and that's, that's uh, right up directly between um, uh, Tipereth and Kether uh, uh, on the middle pillar. And that's, uh, of course, on the path of the, of the priestess going up. And so uh, then we could add, we could add uh, more paths. We could uh, add a path, well, literally leading from from Hesed to Daath, and then then on up to uh, to Bina, and in and and from uh, Gabor on up to Daath. So give you, and then of course when having done that, we had to create some some new tarot cards, which we did, and uh, and uh, this makes the tree much much easier to work because you don't have to have to go and and uh, uh, redo all the, all the work you've already done down below. Uh, for the new configuration, something the Golden Dawn didn't get around to. They would have, I believe, the Golden Dawn had they had they continued, uh, they would have developed an eleven spirit tree. Probably not the one that they had in the cipher manuscript. They would have developed something like this. This seems to be almost uh, you know almost something obvious. But Daaf uh, uh, was was referred to as a hypothetical sphere. Now this is <laughs> this is kind of uh, uh, strange because all the spheres on the tree of life are hypothetical. The whole tree is hypothetical. So, so this is the uh, Badaf was referred to as a hypothetical sphere because they they wanted to have this uh, this entrance. Actually, what it was was it was the, the gateway through the abyss, and they moved the two spheres together as. Gershom Shalom described, and as I talked about, they moved Hokmah and Bina together so, so they could form this this uh, opening point or um, this window into the abyss, Stargate, if you will, if you want to call it that. And uh, uh, and and the catch here is, and this is um, this is what. Um, we need to make me very, very clear on is that Da'ath then needs, if you're going to reconstitute it as we have, uh, so we have a gateway into a real gateway into uh, Bria and, and Kether on above, we can continue our ascent. In order to do this, uh, to actuate it, it needs to have a planetary correspondence. Well, now, that is turned out to be a rather a, a simple thing, but but it, it is simple after the fact. Now, uh, the Kabbalah, the, the, the way it's constructed, the 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 odd time has a number of um, of discrepancies and, and 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 design flaws. One of them we've pointed out before is that there should have been. Had they had a 24-letter alphabet, which they should have had, and Gershom Shalom even admitted they should have had, then they would have been able to fill out all the, the um, astrological correspondences and the elemental correspondences, which they didn't have with the 22-letter uh, tree. So consequently, they, they ended up leaving, taking air, which should have been down at the bottom. Uh, you know, air should have been, at, at the very least, it should have been... Uh, um, probably the path of the sun leading from uh, uh, from Yasad to uh, to Hod. That would have been a good place to put the uh, to put the air element, but they didn't do that. Instead of that, they moved it all the way up to the top of the tree. And this is really rough because you should, as you begin your work, 
that down at the bottom, as you begin your work down at the bottom of the tree with the elements, you should be able those you should be able to have four paths uh, corresponding to each one of the uh, primal elements. And yet, unfortunately, because of the 22-letter um, uh, uh, the 22 letters that were available to the tree, we only have three elements. You know, we have we have sheen. Um, um, path of sheen leading to, from Malkut to Hod, which is fire. And then we have uh, the path of, uh, of, of uh, the moon leading leading up to uh, um, the notch, uh, 31, leading up to uh, Netzach. And that can be attributed to water, although it's not really water, but we can be attributed to it. And then, in, right in the center, and this is important too, right in the center, uh, the, the uh, 32nd path is... Uh, uh, attributed uh, to Saturn, leading straight up to Yasod. Now, this is very important because Saturn is, as I said earlier, is the beginning of the physical universe, according to ancient, very ancient tradition and, and the Kabbalah. The beginning of the physical universe is Saturn. And so the path leading from Malkuth to uh, Yisod was attributed to Saturn, Earth, and, and Earth and Saturn became uh, analogous with the element of Earth. Now, this is the key to this, this the fall of Daath, because Daath, when the tree after the fall, Daath falls down to uh, to Malkuth, and knowledge descends down to and and and. Uh, it descends out of that out of that that place that it was, leaving a hole up there, which is represented usually by a dotted circle line. But uh, if we reconstitute the eye where it was, right smack in the in the between, uh, equally distant between uh, Kether on top and and, and Tipperet, et cetera. If we if we reconstitute the eye, then then Da'ath should be attributed to Saturn. Now, first thing you're going to say when you, when you hear that is, oh my gosh, we can't do that. What what happens in the numbering system? Frater IDOME, who is unfortunately no longer with us, but but uh, he came up with a brilliant solution to that problem. He said, oh, it's that simple. Just just uh, Kether becomes zero, not one, and Hokmah becomes, uh, becomes one, as it should, and then and then Bina becomes uh, becomes uh, two, and uh, and then three is Daat, that's Saturn, and then and, and then we're then we're home free. So the so Daat becomes Saturn becomes the gateway, not just the first uh, manifestation. It becomes the gateway as it should, and uh, for this planet out. Now, this is the way. Actually, as it turned out, this 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 was brilliant because. Uh, Gershom, uh, well, Ira Kaplan said that that Kepler was beyond numbering, and 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 it should Kepler should not be one. It it it, it should be zero because it's it's beyond there. You can't number number the beginning of the universe, uh, and so Hokmah is, uh, is the beginning of the so-called male or creative principle is is um, uh, is Hokmah. and 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 Bina is is the female principle. And in the realm of the fixed stars, and that's what it should be. It shouldn't be Saturn. It should be the realm of the fixed stars. And so uh, we put uh, um, um, when we reconstitute the tree, we we move uh, Saturn to uh, to Daath, and uh, and then everything from there on out falls into place. Now let me, based upon that, let me read what we have on Daath. Um, out of our Hermetic Yoga book. Daath, third sphere, Saturn, beginning of the physical universe, center of the cubic space, corpus colosseum. Daath is the third sphere in the downward lightning flash sequence of our 11 sphere restored tree before the fall. This arrangement is explained in Appendix 1, and that's the article from the seventh ray. Saturn was the furthest planet the ancients could detect. Hermetic celestial uh, geometry considered its orbit to be just below the zodiacal circle 
and the heavenly realm above. And hence it was said to be the beginning of the physical universe in spiritual evolution. And conversely, the way back to heaven in the ascent. Now this has all been discussed in the text. And Saturn is, is traditionally a malefic. And because it revolves so slowly, it was given an alchemical attribution to lead. And yet, in our hermetic and, and Dante-esque progression, it is the highest sphere, the jumping-off place for returning to the Godhead. And our icon uses both mythical and elemental symbolism. Here we see the interior of the mountain of darkness from the book of Enoch and the Zohar. We see the fallen angels who have developed into a state of earthly imprisonment. They yearn to be free and follow the ego upward. Meditation on this icon will reveal one of the great mysteries of our tradition, that we ourselves are the fallen angels, and that we must overcome our addiction to the pleasures of the flesh in order to liberate our spirits. In the Zohar, it was written that King Solomon mounted Shumal, a mother of eagles, and for that, see, see my story, Prince Akat, in, in our seasonal book. And to visit the mountain of darkness and learn the magical secrets from Aza and Azazel. However, pathworkings to Da'ath should be treated like the Tibetans treat Poa. Once a year is enough. It's like Halloween, once a year is enough. Now, uh, and... Let me talk a little bit about Aza and Azazel. Now, Azazel has several different varieties. One of them is the scapegoat, but, but that's not what we're concerned about. Aza and Azazel was, were a, uh, a sort of a creation of, uh, of Moses de Leon, who authored the, uh, the Zohar. Now, I know there are still people who believe that uh, there are still people who believe that that, that that Moses de Leon translated the, the Zohar out of Aramaic from an old uh, manuscript that dated back to 200 A.D., but that's been pretty much disproved, and, and um, uh, both his wife and his daughter both confessed that Daddy made it all up. <laughs> but regardless of whether Daddy made it all up or not, the Zohar is a holy book, and it, and 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 uh, the greatest the greatest Kabbalist of all time, Isaac Luria, he uh, he considered it a holy book, and so we'll accept uh, regardless of whether uh, it was uh, came out of yeah rather regardless of whether uh, um, uh, Moses de Leon channeled it or copied it or whatever. It's uh, what he did was this. He took all of the fallen angels from the Book of Enoch, and that's about 200 of them, led by our old friend Samyaza with the three eyes, as you remember. Uh, he took them all, and he and he used Aza to represent all of the female versions of these fallen angels, and then Azazel to represent the male version, and... And then he chained them, one on one side of the cavern, one on the other side of the cavern, as you can see in our icon. And that's in the icon. We have a nice colored icon and, and, uh, of this uh, in, the, in our Hermetic Yoga book. And uh, those of you who have not ordered your Hermetic Yoga book yet, uh, you know, you really should because uh, that's it's really uh, um it's. Uh, I'm not going to talk about what a what, what a bargain it is because you're getting it for you're getting it for cost and and uh, uh, and you should order it um, if you're if you're associate members and most of you. And well, I'm going to say most of you are, but but hopefully most of you will be. Anyway, uh, the uh, these two angels are are still lusting for each other because the reason why they fell was they wanted to enjoy the pleasures of the flesh. And you know you can't blame them. I mean, angels are are, are spiritual beings, and and uh, and we're down here in Malkuth having a lot of fun. And they just you know they 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 thought, well, we ought to go down there and and and, and have some fun too, you know. And 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 so they all came down. But what Moses de Leon did 
was he took all 200 of them and, and all the female versions of them became Aza and, and all the male versions he represented as Azazel, chained them to either side of the wall, and then uh, because they did come down to give knowledge to human beings, uh, you know, um, and uh, as you recall from the Book of Enoch, they taught everything from astrology to uh, they taught the women how to how to make themselves up and make and, and they taught men how to forge swords and and uh, and, uh, and and they taught uh, men and women how to how to draw horoscopes and everything else. You know that all of the stuff that we that we weren't supposed to do, I suppose. Um, but <coughs> the so the, the these two these two figures, Azza and Azazel, represented the the, the two hundred. And Solomon would mount up on 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 his great eagle, which we that's, that's the old ancient Canaanite uh, Shumal, the mother of eagles, and he would fly to the mountain of darkness. This is according to Moses de Leon now, the Zohar, and he'd fly to the mountain of darkness, and he would learn his wisdom from Azza and Azazel chained to the mountain. And uh, and uh, what better source than that? Because they add the the wisdom, and of course, uh, we assume that was the wisdom. To help Solomon build the temple and and uh, and become a you know a great uh, a great king, but uh, the uh, well, let me let me let me uh, give you another little little point on this. Uh, our our Arab uh, colleagues uh, they came up with they did the same thing. I, I don't know whether they were influenced by the Zohar or not, but they did the same thing basically. Uh, on their side of the pond, they took all the fallen angels and 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 divided them into two, in, in here again, into a male and female version, and they called them Marut and Harut, and and so they did essentially the same thing. They probably were influenced by the Zohar, but uh, so these fallen angels uh, are uh, are still, you know, there's. You know they're they're still there, you know, and and they're still in that dark mountain, at least in our in our collective unconscious. And uh, I mentioned uh, that um, I mentioned Leonora Elite and uh, her secret doctrine to Kabbalah. I want to, uh, of course, we didn't we didn't do this and publish this, but I I really want to encourage you, those of you who really want to get into this. The Secret Doctrine of the Kabbalah, that's K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H, Recovering the Key to Hebraic Sacred Science by Leonora Lee. This is really a beautiful book. And this is one of these books that that you just feel like uh, you're you're really, really getting the the secrets behind uh, this, this ancient system. And I have just found this book to be a treasure house. Now, uh, I'm going to read you what what she has to say about the Oth in here, and uh, and we're going to discuss this a little bit uh, in relation to. Uh, I'm juggling all these books around here. Uh, like I said, I got. I'm going to be reading the Zohar in in a, in a moment. Um, all right, let's see. the basis of this evidence, the tree of life diagram, should now be recognized as emanating from the central point of Da'ath. Remember that now. The central point of Da'ath, the non-Sephira, and not from Kether, the first emanated Sephira. The most important implication of recognizing that the tree of life diagram emanates from Da'ath, emerges, however, from reflection upon the meaning of Da'ath knowledge. For what the sixth-fold tree centering on Da'ath accomplishes is precisely the transformation of the tree of life into the tree of knowledge. In a Kabbalistic tradition recorded by Elazar of Worms in the Sefer Hashem, the book of the name, the tree of knowledge was held to be not intrinsically, now this this is important, the tree of knowledge was held to be 
not intrinsically evil. Rather, the error of Adam and Eve consisted in eating of its fruit prematurely on the sixth day instead of the seventh. Had they waited and eaten of the fruit with Sabbath consciousness, it would have been a tree of life for them. The central Sabbath column would then have harmonized the duality of good and evil that the right and left columns of the tree can represent and without which it becomes a destructive tree of knowledge. Now that's a bit of rationalization, I know, but 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 uh, but they're trying to, you know, there's a, a love-hate relationship with that, uh, um, with uh, with uh, you know the the fallen angels all through the Kabbalah, uh, you know, there's they're supposed to be oh they're supposed to be evil, but they, but you know, but the truth is is that that uh, <laughs> the knowledge they brought down was basically what what, they, what formed the Kabbalah, and and uh, and so. Um, uh, this is this is a Kabbalistic rationalization. Um, it was as though a dualistic pursuit of knowledge that Adam and Eve may be said to have lost paradise. So it is through the proper understanding of knowledge, da'ath, that the descendants of Adam and Eve were shown the way out of the bondage of this destructive dualism. And uh, now, um, let me couple of other things about what she just said here. Um, she says that Da'ath is the center of, of emanation. Now, what she means by that uh, is what we have already, we have already, uh, I don't know whether we beat her to it or not, but but uh, in, in our Cypher Manuscript book, you will find, back in the back of the book, you'll find a, an appendix where we have a Pythagorean Tetrachus. And it's, this is by Fred Adams, by the way, my master. And and he what Fred did was he divided this Tetrachus into, into uh, he just uh, proceeded to uh, draw lines from, from, from the, the triangle points out to the, you know, perpendicular to the, to the sides. And he continued to do this. He continued to to uh, fractalize the whole tetrachus with these with these uh, lines from points to uh, from point to point and, and 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 side to side to where he ended up with a matrix in the, in the tetrachus and this matrix a matrix in which any valid configuration of the tree of life will fit into. Now Leonora Elite did the same thing with a cube. And you all, I think you're all familiar with the Cubist space diagram. We used that uh, in our own version of the Kabbalistic head, you know, the Persumian, the Perfusum, or whatever, I can't pronounce that. The uh, the doctrine of the, you know, the head of Adam Kadman. We we did uh, use the Cubist space uh, with Saturn right smack in the center. And if you've seen our our diagram of, of, of the the head, the head of Adam Cadman in in, uh, in uh, our yoga book or in our yoga uh, lessons, and uh, that explosion came over the internet, and I don't know what it was, but but it, uh, if you heard it, it was not the Big Bang, but it sure sounded like it. <laughs> and anyway, so we have sound effects. Yeah, uh, the uh, uh, that that. Diagram is sure you find it on the internet actually uh, our our head our head diagram. But what Leonora Lee did was she she took the cube, and she also took another design that Fred Adams had worked on. Uh, not that she got it from him; she probably derived it herself. The dodecahedron of of uh, Plato, which is uh, the dodecahedron is is a solid that represents the whole universe, and she diagrammed that into uh, and. She found out that that when she put the, uh, her eleven sphere tree on there, she could she could uh, take all the she could take all the central lines and uh, and and emanate them right from the diath point, and that became the origin uh, from her, her that became the origin of the tree, and uh, 
this is, you know, really sort of confirms the whole idea of the of, of, of uh, both the idea of Saturn and also uh, the idea that uh, you know that um, that Daath uh, is is that center point. Now, also too, uh, I did a, did a diagram of a couple of universal hexagrams. And if you take these universal hexagrams and you run one from Kepler and one from Daath and link them together, you see that they will touch about all of the uh, the major spheres on the tree. So uh, we have uh, 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 a great deal of geometric symbolism involved in Daath, and Daath is, uh, you know, as I say, it is the entrance uh, to the abyss and 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 to the higher spheres. And we'll go on, go on through and discuss uh, uh, the Briotic spheres uh, next week, and and uh, more into this, uh, into this, uh, this. Well, the best way to describe it is Neoplatonic emanation theory that got capitalized, uh, and uh, you know Plato. Uh, as we recall, Plato came up with the idea of preforms. Of uh, before before forms existed, there had to be ideas of forms, and that those ideas eventually became forms. And his uh, follower Plotinus put them in motion and and uh, developed the developed the theory of emanations, which in turn influenced uh, the early Kabbalists. And uh, yeah, so you see. The early Kabbalists, and, and this is not anything. This is I'm not being uh, I'm not being anti-Jewish uh, when I say this, but the, the early Kabbalah was very, very heavily influenced by Pythagoras. In other words, very heavily influenced by the Hermetic tradition, and which is Pythagoras, and and um, it was very heavily influenced by Pythagoras, and but then it went its own way, and it didn't get reintegrated back back into the Hermetic tradition, which gave it birth, until it got all the way up to the Rosicrucian period. That's when they started reintegrating it. And uh, uh, so uh, we, we owe a lot to, originally, to, to, to the Hermetic uh, philosophers. And, um, and, of course, Pythagoras was, I think, the first, you could call him, I don't know, Empedocles, Empedocles, if you please, and even if you don't please, I suppose uh, Empedocles uh, has to be considered because he's the one that came up with the four elements. And, uh, you know, Empedocles said, everything is air, earth, fire, and water. And and uh, and he didn't, didn't, he didn't add that I know, know of the consciousness, but he assumed it. But everything is air, earth, fire, and water. And that Probably you could say that that's the beginning of, her, of hermetic theory. You could say that, but Pythagoras was certainly um, a certainly a follower of Empedocles in many ways. Anyway, um, so what I would like to do is I'd like to now pick up our old friend Dion Fortune, and and let's. Take a look at in in her uh, her discussion of uh, Hesed, which we've already covered on this this show. Uh, but she said, and uh, the abyss, the gulf fixed between macroprosopus and microprosopus, marks a demarcation in the nature of being, in the type of existence prevailing upon the two levels. It is in the abyss that the ah, the invisible Sephira, has its station, and it might aptly be named the Sephira of becoming. It is also called understanding, which might be further interpreted as perception, apprehension, consciousness. And in a way, that just about says it all, doesn't it? Um, and and what I would like to do now, I would like to have a sip of coffee. Mm, that was good. 
Now, um, have a sip of coffee, and I would like to read from the seventh ray, the red ray. I would like to read our article on the 11th, New Tarot Trumps for an 11th Sphere Tree of Life. Okay? And by the way, this article that I'm going to read you is, we, we, we reprinted this article in the Hermetic Yoga book, so you can get out of the, the um, you can get the, uh, the third ray, and, and you know if you get the if you get the third ray, you get uh, you get our special advanced book review on uh, Nazi bimbos and the sword of Siegfried, and uh, and that that is worth the price of admission. I'm saying <laughs> that's that's really funny. Yeah, Nazi bimbos and the sword of Siegfried, reviewed by Marius Dork, with oh, what a kind of a sexy illustration, and. Uh, let me see here. I get to the um, to the article on and spheres, the eleven sphere, the eleven sphere tree. Here we go. And we have we have also the color the color pictures of the the new tarot cards. That's conquest, alchemy, and unity, and uh, the new new paths at the top of the Manuda Mundum. So. Um, uh, there's a lot of other good stuff in the in the Red Ray too. You know that uh, there's uh, Return of the Dragon Lords, which uh, uh, I remember um, um, Friar Heracles did a did a delightful impression of me reading this at one time. Um, okay, new tarot trumps for an eleven sphere tree of life. And the blurb says, during the past 30 years, we have witnessed the, an explosion of tarot card designs. We have been offered tarots from Aztec to Zen, always with the 22 major trunk format dictated by the traditional design of the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. But with the arrival of the new millennium, the hypothetical sphere of Da'at is finally manifested, and we need new tarot trunks for an 11-sphere Tree of Life. Okay. In the Golden Dawn's original cipher manuscript, the Tree of Life shown uh, shown was not the 1652 Athanasius culture design we are familiar with, but a strange 11-sphere pattern connected by 22 paths with no horizontals bridging uh, the spheres. Nearly all of the tarot and Hebrew letter-to-path attributions differed from the standard GD scheme. The origin of this unusual version of the Otkime can be traced to Knorr von Rosenroth's Kabbalah de Nudata, 1677, and attributed to the school of Isaac Luria, who was called the Ari. The Golden Dawn's founders did not base their outer order initiatory tarot attributions on this Lurianic scheme from grades 1 through 10 through 4 equals 7, they stayed with the 10-sphere culture arrangement. The 11-sphere tree was uh, conjectured to represent the tree of life before the fall. For more details on the background of this curious configuration, see Appendix 2 in the Cypher Manuscript, and the secret path system, and in my book, uh, in my book, The Secrets of the Golden Dawn Cypher Manuscript. Now, since I first began to contemplate the Kabbalah some 30 years ago, and this was written 10 years ago, I have enjoyed a fascination with the hypothetical sphere of knowledge. If you saw it as the gateway to the Olam Yazura, astral world of formation, then Da'at is the portal of the abyss, beyond which lies the Olam Bria, the archetypal world. Eventually, this abyss must be crossed. So why is Da'at considered hypothetical? For that matter, the whole tree is hypothetical, so Da'at is either there or it is not there. I suspect Da'at's hypotheticality results from a timid adherence to the rejoinder in the venerable Sefer Yazura that says, Ten are the numbers out of nothing, not nine, not eleven. And of course, we must not forget that most of us are born with ten fingers and ten toes, none of which are hypothetical. And for this reason, and because 11 fell one short of 12, the number of perfection, 12 disciples, 12 months, 12 signs of the zodiac, and 12 days of Christmas. The number 11 was cursed with a bad reputation. 
Isaac Luria was not affected by this superstition. Crowley was intrigued by it. I find it the dynamic instability of 11 to have fascinating possibilities. Dot is the stargate, the wormhole, the time warp, the dimensional rift, the cliff at the edge of the world, the jumping off place. We would hardly want to internalize an entirely different tree of life. And in order to access this elusive sphere, with this in mind, and with the happy coincidence of having an OTA magical alphabet of 24 letters, I set out to create an 11 sphere tree of life with its paths and tarot keys that would extend and modify the Kircher tree rather than replace it entirely in this in and in this respect all first order path workings could remain intact there was a minor conceptual problem in that the new design actually required 25 rather than 24 paths which meant that we needed a no for one letter number attribution path 34. This turned out to be a fortunate opportunity to include infinity equal to the square root of minus one <laughs> as a super final beyond omega and omega equals 800 in the path 33. And in an endless loop, it would precede the first character in our neo-Canaanite magical alphabet, Crotter equals zero, that's path 35. I could have opted for five new paths, leaving the Kircher arrangement virtually intact, but this seemed inelegant and unnecessary. The lovers, soulmates united, the emperor, universal kingship achieved, and the fool, innocence recovered, are all appropriate as post-abyss realizations. In the Kircher arrangement, they cross the abyss at tangent angles in any case, and by placing the priestess between Bina and Kether and the magician between Hopma and Kether, with the fool coming straight up the middle pillar, we have created such a harmonious supernal family that I find it difficult to understand why something like this was not not suggested years ago. I was relieved to discover that the 11-sphere sequence would not affect our traditional number-to-sphere attributions along the flaming sword or lightning flash, if we use the logical expedient of attributing zero to Kether. As mechanically simple as this appears, the philosophical implications it produces are nonetheless profound. Hokma and Bina, the Western yin-yang, are now one and two, which seems more appropriate. This Silverado arrangement leaves more importance to the divine feminine principle than previous Kabbalistic progressions. However, if we need traditional justification, we can cite Ira Kaplan's definitive Sephiroth Zero commentary, in which he states that the ancient rabbis believed God himself could not be numbered because he was beyond the limits of, of uh, mathematics. And so we are in harmony with the venerable Kabbalists when we assign our numberless number to Kepler. Moving the planetary attribution of Saturn to Bina and down to Da'a was the inspiration of Frater I-D-O-M-M-E. And after the fact, it seems perfectly obvious. Saturn, to the ancients, was the last of the planets before the realm of the fixed stars, which now becomes Bina. It should have been in the first place. Saturn was considered the planet of death and resurrection, the obvious residence of Mote, the Canaanite Dark Lord, and the right and 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 the right location for the abyss, replicating the position of the veil beyond the Shia and Yazura in Yasan. Conversely, Bina, which was always the realm of the supernal mother, is more properly attributed to the great celestial goddess of the zodiac, Asherat of the sea, the Soma Sophia, or Nuit in Egyptian and Polemic pantheons. With the rationale and mechanics of our new structure set forth, we have reached the point in our discussion where the symbolism of the three new new trunks can be explained. First, our new or, first in our new order is path uh, thirty-three conquests. I'm trying to read Roman numerals, you know, it's XXX, XXX. 
Aye, 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 conquest. Leading from Gabura to Da'at, and attributed to Omega, which equals 800. The last letter in our 24-character Hermetic Magical Alphabet. The central figure is the Canaanite war goddess Anat. She stands in triumph upon the bodies of her fallen foes, the unbalanced demonic aspects of the four elements, capricious air, dissolute water, wrathful fire, and slothful earth. Behind her stands a ruined temple symbolizing her victory over the bondage of earthly religious dogma. The burning fortress uh, connotes her mastery over the opposing earth, earthly socio-political restrictions. Her necklace of human heads represents previous incarnations remembered, and the girdle of human hands signifies the deeds of those lifetimes accepted and reconciled. And the skull cup is an offering of her own mortality to the higher principle. The bloody hook sword is the means of severance with which she cuts all bonds to the ego-centered physical universe. Her wings carry the victorious goddess from Mars to Saturn on the path of the spiritual warrior. This tarot key is attributed to the element of Earth, a vital hermetic correspondence missing in all previous tarot arrangements. And that's because it was missing. It was missing in the original in the original culture version of the Kabbalah. Now, second in our sequence, um, thirty-four alchemy, leading from Hesed to Da and attributed to infinity, which equals uh, the square root of minus one. A no between the end and the beginning of our magical alphabet. The central figure is the Canaanite blacksmith god, Kothor and Kassus, the biblical Tubal Cain. He forms a middle pillar between Jachin and Boaz, the traditional columns at the entrance of Solomon's temple. Overhead spans an arch depicting the vault of the, heaven, uh, of the heavens as signs of the zodiac, with a mystical keystone representing as infinity. Beyond Kothor is the alchemist's furnace, the Athenor with its pelican terminating in a crucible into which the essence of the distillation is precipitated. And in the foreground is the quenching vat marked with the elemental symbols of the four primal chemical operations, mercury solution, sulfur calcination, salt separation, spirit conjunction. This tarot trump itself is attributed to sulfur as a symbol representing the entire alchemical process. Kothor that's also Kusur, wears a Masonic blue lodge apron to signify his role as a spiritual artificer. His jewel girdle is the mystic belt of Orion whose stars can be seen above the distillation coil. And I have a reference to Montauk Chia's fusion of the five elements. His, um, his Laman is the Caduceus of Hermes, which represents the mystery of the chakras and the nadis. The, the, the sapphire jewel of said the third eye, is mounted in the headband he wears on his brow. He holds the philosopher's stone, the perfection of the great work, which is nothing less than a synthesis of his purified chakras, the eternal chariot of his, of his immortal soul. The third and penultimate of our keys is path uh, 35, unity, rising from the from Tipperoth to Da'at. To this trump, we assign the letter Crotter, that's, uh, uh, that's 10 equals 0, which, con which connotes the Holy Grail. The jade green female figure sitting in a meditative asana is the goddess Astarte. Her body contains nine of the vital chakras from Malkuth up to Hokmah, with Kether shining as a brilliance, emanating from the center of the universe, just above her aperture of Brahman. These chakras are attributed to the spheres of the Kabbalistic tree of life following the course of the flaming sword or lightning flash. Bina and Hokmah are located in the right and left hemispheres of the brain, and we depict both of them graphically as one yin-yang design on the left side of the Astarte's head. Da'ath is located in the portion of the brain called the corpus callosum, And 
is shown on the right side of Astarte's head. His head is in the third eye in the forehead. Gibora resides in the throat, tiberet in the chest, net solar plexus, hot just below the navel, Yasad in the genitalia, and Malkuth in the anus. This Western Psychic Center arrangement was first revealed in 1975 and published in the seventh ray, volume four, number two, revised version in chapter nine of the Hermetic Caduceus. From the Book of Solomon's Magic, 1996, and more recently, of course, in, in uh, uh, Hermetic Yoga, uh, Volume 1. Astarte sits in a vast ocean of living water germinating spermatozoa coming from the stars, swim up into her womb in an endless cycle of regeneration. Behind her head looms the great hermetic mandala of the universe, the Enneosphere, which conveys the inner meaning of the hermetic rose cross, befitting her path position in the middle pillar above Tipperath. Astarte, like her sister, the Tibetan goddess Green Tara, internalizes the complete mystic path of spiritual attainment. This trump is appropriately attributed to the element of spirit. As Frater Solomon has reminded me, this new arrangement will impact our HGA magical retreat procedure. We decided not to let it, actually. We we decided that that because people have been working the working the basic tree, we were going to let them do that. So so uh, even though uh, uh, you know Mike reminded me that we that that we, we ought to deal with that, we 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 just decided that we were not going to reinvent the wheel at that point. The anchorite would now be required to down no, no, access the new paths. Now the second order pathwork is using Kustor's boat. Um, and I said, on oh, this symbolism shall be forthcoming. Now, as I say, we decided that we were not going to do this, uh, not going to inflict this on people before the retreat, because that would be putting the cart before the horse. Now, the bibliography on this was uh, Montauk Chia's Fusion of the Five Elements, which is Taoist, uh, Crowley's The Book of Thoth, 777 and other Kabbalistic writings, Ira Kaplan's Severi Azura, The Book of Creation, my own Book of Solomon's Magic, and Secrets of the Golden Dawn Cipher Manuscript. And, uh, and this, of course, was written before the uh, Hermetic Yoga, Yoga book, but we, uh, we published it as an appendix because it does relate to so much of what we were dealing with in the Hermetic Yoga book. And then we have uh, a uh, diagram of the, of, of the tree with the new, with the new trumps, and, and then we have, colored, we have colored pictures of all of them. So, um, as I said, this is all in the seventh ray, book two, the red ray, which is available on Amazon. And, uh, and as I say, it's got a lot of other articles in it that are interesting besides, uh, besides this one. So I encourage you to get that and along with the, the other book. Finish off my coffee here, and, um, and now we're just about out of time, and uh, that'll be enough to keep get you thinking about the uh, So next week we're going to cross. We're going to go to well. We've been to Da'at. Next week we're going to cross the abyss. We're going to and we're going to deal with the higher the higher spheres. That is unless. Unless something else intervenes, it's quite interesting that, that, that would supply. But I, I think we're going to we, you know, we're continuing and uh, and wrap up the, uh, the whole discussion of the of the, of the spheres of the tree of life. And so, until that time, uh, take care, be well, and good magic. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.